Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. We do honor God, our Father. We honor the precious Holy Spirit, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to the pastor of this church for 25 years and his wife. We thank God for their labor of love. Thank God for my wife of 35 years. It ain't been easy, but it's been good. Why? Because God is good. Amen. We honor all of the officers of NPG, all of the members. We thank God for this privilege and this opportunity. We don't take it lightly. We want to call your attention then to the subject matter this morning, a Barnabas complex. A Barnabas complex. Why such a subject? Well, back in Acts chapter 4, we find that the name Barnabas was given to him by the leaders of the church And they called him the son of consolation or the son of encouragement. Barnabas was a Levite. Uh, He was a native of Cyprus. He was a distinguished member of the church. Matter of fact, Barnabas, he was a landowner. And the scripture says that he sold his land and he brought it and laid it before the apostles' feet. Barnabas was an influential leader of the church. The word complex is defined as an emotional condition that causes someone to think or worry too much about something. An emotional condition. Growing up, I had an inferiority complex. I thought I was not good enough. I thought I was not tall enough. In some circles, I thought I was not dark enough. In other circles, I thought I was not light enough. In going to school, I thought I was not smart enough. But that was soon conquered when I went off to college. And and Kelsey, I joined an organization, and this organization changed my inferiority complex, and I now developed a superiority complex. But I found that the superiority complex, it only served to try to undershadow, or overshadow rather, the inferiority complex. You'll find that in, in lives, in all of our lives, because of what Adam did, we all have fear rooted in shame. And when, when we, we try to compensate a lot of times the fear that we have because I don't want you to see the scared little boy that's behind this three-piece suit. So I try to compensate or hide behind various things that I do. Matter of fact, I try to hide behind the car that I drive. 
to compensate for the little boy that's hiding behind this three-piece suit. I try to join various organizations to try to make myself bigger than I am to try to hide the little boy, the fear that's down on the inside. So uh, the the Barnabas complex then on the other side, I would define it as being, Barnabas meaning son of encouragement, it is a Christ-like spiritual condition that leads one to think of someone else and seek out to encourage them to come along beside them using the AAA principle. Let me say that again. A Barnabas complex then is a Christ-like spiritual condition that leads one to think of someone else and seek to encourage them to come along beside them and using the AAA principle. Well, what is the AAA principle? The AAA principle was demonstrated this morning during the youth, the youth booth challenge when the young lady called one of her friends to come along beside her. So she asked, that's the first letter A, she asked her to come along beside her. The second letter is allow. She allowed her to assist her in ministry. And then the third letter, assess, then she would assess her spiritual giftings when it comes to the things of God. And so we find that Barnabas, he had a condition. Not only did he have the spiritual gift of giving, but Barnabas, he recognized that he doesn't have all of the spiritual gifts. It's a sad day when a leader thinks that he is all-encompassing of the church. I found in my journeys, Pastor Dave, when I would visit various churches, there were some pastors who was, who was, a, who was fearful of, of, of another minister coming in and what they call taking over their flock. But I also discovered that when, when God allowed me to serve as under-shepherd, God gave me this blessed assurance. He said, Dunbar, if I call you to feed this flock, then there are certain gifts and anointing that I only gave you for this flock. You don't have to be fearful of someone else coming in thinking they're going to take over. Because I've called you for such a time as this that you might feed the flock of God over which I have made you overseer. So we find that Barnabas, he didn't have the issue of an inferiority complex, neither a superiority complex, but he had a Barnabas complex. Notice in, 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 in verse 19 of chapter 11, we find the city of Antioch. The city of Antioch, verse 19 said, And those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word of God to no, to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene. So this city of Antioch, how do we get to Antioch? If you go all the way back to the book of Luke, the end of Luke, Jesus told his disciples, he said, go to the city of Jerusalem and wait until you have received the promise of the Father. And so being obedient, they went to Jerusalem and they met in the upper room for about, a hunt, about, about 10 days of 120 folk. 
And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit came upon them. But in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, these same disciples, they were concerned about the kingdom of God. And so they asked Jesus, will thou at this time restore the kingdom of, of, God, of Israel, of God, back to Israel? And Jesus told them in so many words, y'all worried about the wrong thing. He told them to go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. And the, the problem with some of us this morning, we come to worship service and we try to worship God on our own. But the Bible says that God is looking for a kind of folk who will worship him in spirit and in truth. What you talking about, Dunbar? When you've been in the word of God during the week, then the spirit of God will move in your life. But we're concerned about everything else but giving God the glory. We, God brought us through. He saved us from a, from a tragic situation uh, uh, that we could, we could have suffered this week. But we're afraid to stand and lift our hands and tell God, thank you for bringing me all this week. I could have been in that accident that you saved me from. But we don't want to stand and give God any praise. We think we got it on our own. Dunbar, it don't take all of that. Well, if God delivered you like he delivered me, it takes that and a whole lot more. Because I remember not too long ago, when I was out there in a world of sin, but God, he stepped in my life. And in spite of my meanness and my nastiness, God, he reached way down. He picked me up. Turn me around. He might have been picked up by the Lord Jesus. You ought to so, the Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If God have redeemed you every now and then, there ought to be some signs in your life. We find the city of Antioch. This, this city, it was 300 miles north of Jerusalem. It was the third most largest city of Rome during that time next to Alexander and Rome. It, it had about a half a million citizens. It was the capital of Syria, situated under Arantes River. It was founded by Seleucius of Nicanor in about 300 B.C. and named in honor of his father. Many Greek-speaking Jews lived there. It was a city that was full of idolatrous and pagan worship of the false god Astarte or Ashtaroth. And, uh, and much like Corinth, Antioch was worse than Corinth. Antioch was so bad that they they had they had the, uh, the, the legend has it that 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 the, that the goddess Daphne uh, she was about to be uh, overcome by the god Apollos, but in, but in order to prevent that from happening, she she got behind some trees to prevent her from being overcome by. Uh, Apollo, but and so to practice uh, the worship of Daphne or Astaroth, they would go up in the groves and they would commit all kinds of lewd sexual behavior. I'm glad that don't happen in America, so we can't liken that to us, right? Well, all you got to do is go on YouTube, but unless we bore you, so we find that this city it was full of idolatry and sexual immorality. That was their form of worship. 
It is here that God chose to, 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 to add to his body. And notice in verse 20 and 21, we see then the cause or the condition of salvation. You will find that Jesus had already prophesied what was going to happen. He said that, that and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 8 verse 1 that a great persecution arose in the church over the stoning of Stephen. And they said they, they, they went everywhere except the apostles preaching Jesus. And it goes on to say that Philip went down to Samaria. So now they've gone to from Jerusalem to Judea and to Samaria. And here we find that they're now going to the uttermost parts of the earth. So they've gone 300 miles from Jerusalem to the city of Antioch. And the Bible says in verse 19, now these that who were scattered after the persecution arose over Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, preaching the word of God to no one but the Jews. Verse 20. But some of them were men of Cyprus and Serene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, Preaching the Lord Jesus. So notice, first of all, you have to have someone preaching the Lord Jesus in order for, the, for salvation to happen. But not only must they preach the Lord Jesus, but notice in verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them. I don't want to go anywhere where God's hand ain't with me. Do I have any witnesses? You got folk, they, 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 they are proclaiming all kinds of stuff, but they ain't preaching Jesus under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But here we see that the hand of the Lord was with them, and notice what it says. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. So we see then the cause or the condition of salvation. First, you got to have the preaching of the Lord Jesus then you got to have the hand of God. And then we notice in verse 23, and when he had come, he had seen the grace of God. Wait a minute, Barnabas. How can you see the grace of God? Can grace be seen? Well, it says here, when he had came, he had seen the grace of God and he was glad. So we see the preaching of Jesus we see the hand of God and we see the grace of God. Paul writes to the church, at Ty to Titus rather, he said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to us. Well, what is the grace of God? The Bible says that Jesus, he came and he was full of grace and truth. So the grace of God then can be seen in Jesus Christ. So we find the condition of salvation, you got to have God moving in, in, in a situation. Most of all, notice what John writes in John chapter 6, verse 37. One of my favorite verses that I often quote. He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast them out. But then in verse 44, he says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. That word draw in the original language means an inward pull, an inward pull or inward drawing. And in verse 65, he says, and he said, therefore, 
I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. That word granted means to give over to someone as their own. So we see very clearly that God, he is orchestrating the salvation of the souls here at Antioch. He decreed it in, in Acts chapter 1, and then he, he sent the power in Acts chapter 2, and then he sent the believers out in Acts chapter 8 and in Acts chapter 11. So God has to orchestrate the mission. We can't just go out on our own. That's why Brother Ron, when he gets ready to go out on, on, on uh, outreach, he, he prays and seeks the Lord for God's will where they should go and who they should witness to. Because unless God has ordained it, it can't happen. So we find then the city was, was full of idolatry, but yet God in his power, he works and souls are being added to the church. But, but notice then when we get to the, the, the subject matter of Barnabas' complex, the character of Barnabas in verse 24. Verse 24 for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Wait a minute. I thought there was none good. Well, the Holy Ghost inspired Luke to write this. So the Holy Ghost said Barnabas was a good man. But that word good in the original language, it simply means he was upright and he was honorable. He was upright and he was honorable. I know of several leaders that are, in the, uh, that are over some flock. They ain't upright and they sure ain't honorable. Why can you say that, preacher? Because I know their lifestyle. They can preach the horns off a of billy goat, as they can say. But living like a billy goat. So the character of Barnabas is, is something that we can, can emulate as leaders in the church. Since we've been talking about leaders this month, our yearly theme is leaders. Do you realize that if you have been put, been, been put in the body of Christ, the Lord Jesus, you are by default a leader? Young folk, even if you are young, 12, 9, 13 years old, you are a leader if you've been born again. Well, preacher, you got to back that up with scripture. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. For we are a royal priesthood. And last time I checked, pastor, every priest was a leader. So by default, if you've been born again, you are a leader and you should you should be manifesting these types of characteristics in your life. So not only was he a good man, he was honorable and upright, but the scripture says he was full of the Holy Ghost. We've been talking about on Wednesdays, uh, Pastor Dave, keep, keep going back to this about the cherry blossoms. He said the cherry blossom trees, he said, they look good on the outside, but there's no fruit being bought by the trees. He said the cherry tree ought to sometimes produce some cherries. Amen? I can look good in a three-piece suit, but my life can be tore up on the inside. And I don't bear any kind of fruit 
I don't have any love. I, I don't have joy. I don't have patience. I, I don't have any kindness. I, I don't have any goodness and faith and gentleness and meekness and self-control. But, but, when, but when you see this being manifested in a person's life, then you can, you can deduce that they are full of the Holy Ghost. So there was something about Barnabas. Not only was he honor, upright and honorable, but he, he was full of the Holy Ghost. And the scripture says he was full of faith. He was full of faith. And that caught my attention. Because I can be full of faith. You can be full of faith. All God's children can be full of faith. Well, how, preacher? You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says what? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. We can be full of faith, but we don't. Well, let me, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So notice then, we see the, the city of Antioch, the condition of the cause of salvation, the character of Barnabas. And notice the conviction of Barnabas in Acts chapter 11, verse 25. Then Barnabas departed for, to, for Saul, Tarsus to seek Saul. Verse 26, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Notice now, Barnabas, who was a, who was a leader in the, in, the, in the mother church at Jerusalem, they sent him on a missionary journey to go check out what was going on over, over in Antioch because his hometown was Cyprus, so he sent him back to his homeland to check out what was going on. And Barnabas, he goes in, he sees the grace of God. He said, all these folk getting saved, all these folk being born again by the word of God, they just can't, we got, I, I got to do something, I got to do something. These folk got to be taught the word of God. Well, that, that, is that in there? It says in verse 26, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, so it was for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. So he notices the hand of God is seen in the grace of God. And so he realizes that he is not equipped to teach all of these folk. But he, he remembered that he's the one that brought Paul, when, um, after Paul's conversion, he brought him in and kind of introduced him to the folk at, at Jerusalem to the church. And Barnabas, he, he knew that Paul had been called to minister to the Gentiles. And this is about 10 years after Paul's conversion. Paul had spent three years in Arabia, according to Galatians. He had spent three years in, in the desert solidifying his call. Because Paul, he, he said with his own mouth, he said that he had, got, he had got his anointing and his call straight from Jesus. And so Paul had got his call and his anointing from Jesus. And then about seven years later, Barnabas goes and seeks for him. And this word seeking, it doesn't mean just, just, just haphazard looking. It, it's, it's seeking, looking diligently. It's the same word that's used when, when, when Jesus was, was, was uh, he was in the temple. They had went on one of the feast days, and his, his, his mother and father, they was going back to Nazareth, and they realized that Jesus wasn't in the caravan, and they went back to Jerusalem, and they went, they went seeking for Jesus. They were looking diligently for their son. It's like a frantic mother or father when, when they realize that their child is missing in Walmart. They get frantic and 
And they get, they go to searching, wanting to find their child. And this is the same word that, that's used when that Barnabas, he went, he went seeking for Saul because he realized that, that the life of this church, it depended on them being taught the word of God. It's something that we need to realize that, that the life, that our life, it depends on the word of God. But I want to know this morning, I want to ask you a question. It's a, it's a rhetorical question. Who have you sought out and asked and allowed and assessed to come, come along beside you in ministry? Who have you sought out? It's been said that you are either being discipled or you should be discipling. So if you're not being discipled, then you should be discipling someone else, but you should also be discipling. Okay, I'm about, I'm about finished. It's my last point. Y'all ready to go because we got to come back and notice the condition for discipleship since we're talking about disciples. I remember it was about probably a couple of days after I had left treatment in Motri at Turning Point. And uh, I was told that I need to develop an aftercare plan. And the aftercare plan had to, had to annotate what route I would take home from work. It had to annotate if I was going to go to any uh, AA meetings or NA meetings or support group meetings and it had to annotate if I had gotten me a sponsor, someone uh, that would guide me through this, this recovery process. And so I had developed an aftercare plan, but the problem was when I got home, I discarded the plan. But God's got a way, Pastor Dave, like we were talking about this morning. When things got, got hot in the kitchen, I found my aftercare plan. And I got myself to some meetings. Because you see, God in his sovereignty, he sparked my desire to go to treatment by moving through my wife when she made the decision. She said, you can keep doing what you're doing, but me and Marty, we out of here. And that sparked my desire. Maybe I need to go get some, maybe I, maybe I do have a problem, I don't but when I came back, when God brought her back to me, then I still wanted to do things my own way. That's how some of us are. We don't need Bible study. We don't need faith development. We don't need no discipleship training. We can do this thing on, I, I can go on YouTube. I can, I can tweet and get my verses. We don't want to submit to what God has ordained. Well, how you know it's God ordained, preacher? You making this up. Look at the text in verse 26. It says in verse 26, And when they had found me, brought him to Antioch, so that for a whole year they assembled with the church. Remember Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. But all the more, if you see that they are approaching, encouraging one another, 
provoking one another on to good works. So we, we don't want to assemble together. Notice also, they were taught. They were taught a whole year. I remember when I got out, got out of treatment, they said, I need to make 90 meetings in 90 days. I'm like, what? Yeah, you need to make 90 meetings in 90 days. Well, because things were kind of hot in the kitchen, those 90 meetings in 90 days turned out to be 120 meetings in 90 days. Amen. So we find then the condition for discipleship, you got to assemble together and you got to be taught a consistent period of time before you are able then to disciple someone else. But notice also what Barnabas tells the church in verse 23b. He says, and he was glad and encouraged them that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. That word continue is the same word we've been talking about on Wednesday night in John chapter 15. Mino. It means to abide. It means to stay in a, a given relationship or a given state of being. You mean you got to stay in Jesus. When things are going good, you got to stay in Jesus. When things are going awry, you show sure enough got to stay in Jesus. When everything is, is hunky-dory in your home, you got to stay in Jesus. When your kids are acting right, you got to stay in Jesus. When your kids are going crazy, you sure enough got to stay in Jesus. When there is trouble in your home, when there is trouble on your job, when there is trouble in your church house, when there is trouble in the White House, you sure enough got to stay in Jesus. What better way to stay in Jesus than to call upon his name? Early in the morning, you ought to search for him. Late in the noonday hours, you ought to call on him. And even at, at the nighttime, you ought to call upon the name of Jesus. Because there is no other name that we can call on that can do our dying souls any good. But at the name of Jesus, he'll work everything out according to his ordained will and plan in your life. He'll give you peace in the midst of troubles in your life. He'll give you power to stand upon the trouble that you're going through. He'll give you a power that nobody can understand and peace that nobody can understand. If you stay in Jesus. But our problem is, I want to go on the internet I want to spend an hour and a half on YouTube. I got to finish out this sweep. And Jesus calling you, come, come, come away with me for a little while. Come and spend, turn all that stuff off. And come spend some time with me. To put, put, put the food away every now and then. Just, just have a little talk with me. Let me talk to you. I want to tell you how things are going to work in your life. Let me tell you something, Dunbar. If you if you'll just listen to me, if you'll just follow after me, then I make your enemies your footstool, but you trying to fix it yourself. Turn it over to Jesus. He'll make everything all right. So we find then, as I hurry on to a close, the condition for discipleship, you got to assemble together, you got to be taught. But notice also, 
when Jesus was ready to leave the disciples, he told them, he says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. That can also be tra translated as you go, make disciples. So he's saying that in, in your everyday walk, you ought to be making disciples. In your everyday journey, you ought to be making disciples. As I was sharing with you about my journey, I met with, a young, with an older gentleman for seven years, about three times a week. And this older gentleman, he gave me wise counsel according to the word of God, and he helped disciple me in the things of God, along with going to Bible study, along with going to worship service consistently. This, this gentleman, he was the most influential in my life because he gave me practical ways of how I can walk out being a child of God. And you will find that if you, if you have a Barnabas complex and you call someone to come along beside you, you will have more influence in their life and the decisions that they make than somebody that's in a leadership position. Because it is in everyday walking that we learn how to walk. I learned how to pray by watching my parents pray. And then they would allow us to pray during times of family prayer. I learned how to, to handle finances better by listening to this gentleman share with me. He says, look, it seems that you, you really have a problem with, with money because when you get a little money in your pocket, then you thank you all of that. He says, so what, you, what I would suggest for you to do is to let your wife take care of the finances in the home for right now. And he would tell me, he said, you need to come go with me down to the prison, Ron. I said, why did you go to the prison? He said, because you need to make reservations. You know, it, it, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. But his point was, if I didn't overcome, then that's where I was going to end up. And so at the same token, I started inviting other folk to come along beside me. And when they was coming along beside me, they wasn't sharing anything with the residents. And so God showed me, he said, Dunbar, you think, all, you think they're coming down here just to hear you? He said, the same way I call you to share with these men, I've anointed them to share with these men. And so I had to step back and give them opportunity to share with those men. So I asked them to come, allowed them to minister, and then assessed how the spirit was moving in their life. And sure enough, when I was about to leave that ministry for temporarily, God showed me that Minister Brandon Lee was to take leadership while you're gone. And so we have to allow God to show us and it'll confirm the spiritual giftings of others. But we first got to be in company with folk God has called us to. Amen. I'm also reminded that Jesus, he, he was the first one to kind of institute and implement this because 
Just as our church statement, our church mission statement says what, class? Anybody know? Luke chapter 19, verse 10, anybody know what that says? All right, young folk. Uh, 16 and under. If you can tell me what the mission statement is, I got a $20 bill waiting on you. Anybody? It's on the website. Well, as a leader, I'm failing because we ought to at least know the scripture. Moving on, Jesus, he says in Luke chapter 19, there was a short man up in a tree, a sycamore tree, and he told Zacchaeus to come down for I must eat with you this day. And during the time of eating, Zacchaeus, he returned back to God by repenting of his sin. How do I know he repented? Because he said, Jesus, today I give half my goods to the poor. To the, to the poor. And if I stolen anything from anybody, I, I return it fourfold. And Jesus said, this day salvation has come to this house for as much as he is a son of Abraham. So Zacchaeus received salvation that day. Not only did, he, did Zacchaeus receive salvation, but Jesus, he was on his way to the cross when he met Zacchaeus. And he went on to the cross, and you know the story how they hung him high and they stretched him wide. They pissed him in his side, he hung his head in the locks of his shoulders, and for you and me, he died. You know the story. I have to tell you because you may not have heard it before, you may be new. But the Bible says early resurrection morning, he got up with all power in his hand. That same power that got Jesus from the dead is resident within every believer. So you can you can develop a Barnabas complex because one of these days, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he's going to rule and reign forever and ever. And I want to know, will you be in that kingdom as we stand to your feet? You can develop a Barnabas complex this morning, but first of all, you got to be born again. You may be questioning whether or not you are born again. And I know in the city of Antioch is when we were first called Christians. But I hesitate to even use that word nowadays because everybody's claiming to be Christian. I even heard Oprah say she was Christian. Amen. And I hear folks say they're Christian, but then their lifestyle doesn't line up with being born again. So when you say born again, there is no question about that. You got to be born again of the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Anybody this morning, the spirit of God is drawing you to Jesus. God has appointed you for salvation. Why don't you come? Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.